0: Welcome to the Moonshots podcast. It's episode 103. I'm your co-host Mike Parsons and as always I'm joined by the wolf himself, Mr. Mark Pearson Freeland. Good morning. Oh
1: good morning Mike. It is a day in sunny Sydney. It's all about digging into teamwork today isn't it Mike?
0: Yeah and the teamwork series continues. We had two action-packed shows with none other than Patrick Lencioni. Very cerebral, smart, academic, rigorous, and thorough, and really investigated the boardroom. But today we're taking quite the pivot to some new fresh ground in the world of teamwork, aren't we?
1: Yep, today we are digging into Abby Wompack's fantastic and powerful book, Wolfpack. This was an incredible book that garnered a lot of praise. I know Brené Brown was a a huge, huge fan as well. And what Abby really goes into is her career and her background within the U.S. soccer game. She played these incredible games, uh, Olympic gold medalist. I mean, just somebody who achieved at the height of, of their career these incredible moments to inspire the younger generations and those around her.
0: Yeah, she was unsurpassed, actually, on the soccer field. I mean, you you mentioned that she, she definitely got the, the silverware at uh, the World Champs. She did um, the same thing at the Olympics. She's scored nearly twice as many international goals than uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. Wow. Um, she, I mean, she really has... Um, achieved at such a high level she's overcome so very much as an athlete as a woman and i think it is so fantastic to kind of unpack what she did how she approached all of these challenges that she faced and how she achieved such great things i mean this is classic um learning out loud with some of the greatest innovators on the planet and what a nice uh, change up from the boardroom to the soccer field. I mean, I'm pumped, Mike. Well,
1: I I think it's going to be a great um, book and a number of great lessons to really dig into, Mike, because as we were saying in, in the last couple of shows going through Patrick Lencioni's work, teams are all around us, whether they're in the office or in the boardroom, whether they're at home in your family, Nucleus, or whether they're on the sports field. You know, you've got these team constructs all around us and really fundamentally what's going to be interesting as we dig into teamwork and as we dig into, particularly today in the sports sector, is what lessons are similar, maybe Mm. what lessons are different. And therefore, Mm. what can we all learn together um, as we dig into this concept of being a great team player and facilitating great teamwork?
0: Yeah, I think what's... What was really good about Lencioni was it was very thoughtful and rigorous and played out, you know, essentially in in the office. But you know, he obviously was pitching us this concept that life is a team sport. I think what's on offer for us today and why Abby is so great to learn from is I think that through the collective effort, contribution the hard sweat and tears of being a professional athlete and overcoming all of the challenges in life, I think what she does for us is she reveals how through contributing with others, working with others, putting others before yourself will in turn help you find out who you really are how you are really made, who your true self is, how you can learn to understand it, maybe even to love yourself for who you really are and all the wonderful strengths that you have. And this, Mark, is all in front of us for the next hour together. We're going to learn out loud. She is definitely one moonshotter that we are so pumped to get into. So, whew. Mike, I don't know, are you ready? I am.
1: Yeah, I'm ready. And I think, Mike, Abby's ready as well. So why don't we get straight into hearing from Abby herself about the importance of leaving a legacy and how it drives her forward.
2: Forget me. Forget my number. Forget my name, forget I ever existed. Forget the medals won, the records broken, and the sacrifices made. I want to leave a legacy where the ball keeps rolling forward. Where the next generation accomplishes things so great that I am no longer remembered. So forget me because the day I'm forgotten is the day we will succeed.
0: Ooh, Abby getting pretty to the point there. That is obviously classic Abby Nike combination um, signature brand ad. Um, but there's a lot in that and I think uh, it would only be appropriate, Mark, that an athlete would challenge us to forget her uh, through our own achievements to surpass her, um, that her legacy challenges us to go forward. I think this sets the scene for uh, really opening up the wisdom of Appy Wambach and seeing what we can learn, seeing how we might be able to achieve some of the feats uh, that she has I mean this is isn 't that great? I mean
1: the reason why I quite like that little uh let 's call it a teaser I'll tease mm. teaser intro <laughs> <laughs> is because it 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 's a stark reminder straight off the bat. the team is nothing without its players, but fundamentally the team should be in a a position whereby the the goals or the, the inspiration that exists, the energy that exists within the team, um, you can create, you can work on, you can improve and you can leave it behind once you leave. You know, a lot of these sports individuals that we've covered in the past, in fact, have obviously left their respective teams that made them world famous, but they aren't necessarily, um, they don't drop the tools and then that's game over. You know, it's all about leaving a a spirit, uh, a construct in place so that these teams exist. And the individuals I think that she's really talking to here is the young generation. They're the ones being inspired by her legacy, whether she's there or not, whether you know her name or not, maybe you can still be inspired by the actions and the behaviors. And I think that's a really good reminder as we get into teamwork today, that it's all about what you do and how you inspire those around you.
0: Yeah, and I think um, I think uh, we have the great fortune coming up in this show of her four key rules to being the very best version of yourself. They all come from her book, Wolfpack, and uh, Wolfpack. The, the subtitle of Wolfpack kind of really brings it all together: how to come together unleash our power and change the game. And um, it's got a signature opening comment on the cover from none other than Brené Brown, another Moonshot favourite. So Mm -hmm. this is, I I am really uh, excited to get into these four rules, but I feel that we need to actually, um, and this is a bit of an indictment of of where things are. I think we need to just uh, point out to folks, to our listeners, the achievements of Abby. I mean, she has Olympic gold medal. She has the world champs from soccer. She's been the FIFA world player of the year, right? So just so you know, that's across men and women. Hmm. What an
1: achievement, right?
0: So this... This athlete that we have the chance to learn from, she has. We said it earlier. She scored almost twice as many international goals of Cristiano Ronaldo. She was also awarded uh, the the ESPY. You know, something that people like Kobe Bryant have also won. Right? I mean, these these uh, achievements are off the charts. I mean, as an athlete, she is at the top, right? At the top. She happens to also be a new an author with a New York Times bestseller, right? She, I mean, Mark, this is so phenomenal that we have the chance to learn from someone like this. This is just like uh unpacking um michael jordan isn't it she really is the michael jordan of 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 soccer yeah it's it's incredible
1: no exactly i mean those achievements are fundamentally her legacy Mm. and what i love about that teaser intro is well don't worry forget me (laughs) because it's what i leave behind it's 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 just something that she's going to naturally say cool i've accomplished all that what i'm really In what she's really calling people out and saying, I want to inspire you. I want to inspire my viewers and my uh, younger generation to go out and and know that the impossible is possible. And ultimately what she's done, all those amazing accolades you just read out are seemingly impossible to go and get. Yet with Mm. her dedication, hard work, drive, like you say, the power that she talks about within her book, unleashing that, And changing that game that's what she's done she's changed the game
0: Mm. so well talking about unleashing mark i think we've now set it up i think we can get into her four rules and these are big challenging we might even feel a little uncomfortable as we explore them together but this is exactly what we're here to do on the moonshots podcast it's learning out loud asking ourselves how can we do it like Abby. So Mark, where do we want to start with these really really challenging these uh fascinating rules that could unleash our potential.
1: Well, this is a
0: fantastic
1: story from Abby that really sets the scene about what inspired her from the get-go. So straight off the bat, we're going to hear about Abby's first rule in leading teams to gold is about Not ignoring the Valley of Darkness, but using them to your advantage.
2: Throughout my life, my pack has been my team. Teams need a unifying structure. And the best way to create one collective heartbeat is to establish rules for your team to live by. It doesn't matter what specific page you're all on, just as long as you're on the same one. Here are four rules I've used to unite my pack and lead them to gold. Rule one, make failure your fuel. Here's something the best athletes understand, but seems like a harder concept for non-athletes to grasp. Non-athletes don't know what to do with the gift of failure. So they hide it, pretend it never happened, reject it outright, they end up wasting it. Listen, failure is not something to be ashamed of. It's something to be powered by. Failure is the highest octane fuel your life can run on. You gotta learn to make failure your fuel. When I was on the youth national team, only dreaming of playing alongside Mia Hamm, y'all know her? Good. I had the opportunity to visit the national team's locker room. The thing that struck me most wasn't my hero's grass-stained cleats or their names and numbers hanging above their lockers. It was a picture. It was a picture that someone had taped next to the door so that it would be the last thing every player saw before she headed out to the training pitch. You might guess it was a picture of their last big win or of them standing on the podium accepting gold medals, but it wasn't. It was a picture of their longtime rival, the Norwegian national team, celebrating after having just beaten the USA in the 1995 World Cup. In that locker room, I learned that in order to become my very best, on the pitch and off, I need to spend my life letting the feelings and lessons of failure transform into my power. Failure is fuel Fuel is power.
0: So, so very clear in these really almost stoic rules. Uh, This is what always strikes me about athletes, Mark, is they're able to find these very simple mantras and truths about pushing your limits, having courage. And in this case, what Abby is challenging us to do is to make failure your fuel and what I like the most about what she mentions there is in the non-athletic world we have this aversion to failure and what's really interesting is on the sports field no matter how good you are you will experience failure you'll experience a loss at some point and so in a way you become battle-hardened from that it reminds me a little bit of you know, Michael Jordan's ad where he talks about how many times he's missed the winning shot. (laughs) You remember that Mm -hmm. one?
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's a great one. And how
0: that fuels his fire. And the same thing here with Abby, what she's doing is saying, look, what a missed opportunity. If something doesn't work out, ask yourself, what do I learn? What am I going to do next? And get the hell over it. Don't hide it and be embarrassed. I think, This idea of embracing failure, embracing hardship, that not everything's going to be perfect is so essential because then we're prepared for the long haul. We're prepared to have a few misses. Uh, We're prepared for the hard graft of trying to start to do something big, to realize some of our dreams. So don't hide from the failure. Just embrace it. Be proud of it. Learn from it, and I love the fact that the team goes out in the pitch, r- reminding themselves of a obviously a loss that hurt them so much. And I think that is so important because those moments of failure they they mark you, and in, inside of that emotional memory is this is the power she's talking about. Because if you remember that, you can turn that rather than into hiding it, you embrace it. And in that embrace, you can find this desire to be better. And I think that is the first of many gifts that we can expect from Abby. What did you think, Mark? It's
1: just such a consistent, valuable lesson or a bit of advice that our moonshotters have, have said to us before. But where I think it's nicely different from Abby's perspective is it's true, these values of darkness and learning from difficulties anywhere in the world, whether it's in the boardroom, in your career, or on the sports pitch, you know, it's a physical, I, I loved her story because it's a really physical demonstration of mm. visualizing the difficulty, looking mm. at a photo of, ah, that was us losing. Okay, well, let's work hard. Let's rem- remind ourselves of that emotion. And let's work hard at remembering it as we go into this experience obviously it doesn't necessarily, um, perhaps align with the way that you and I might do it. We're not going to have on the picture of our office, um, a failed pitch (laughs) or, (laughs) or, you know, a particularly difficult meeting, the minutes from a difficult meeting or anything. But you know, what I think is, is what really wonderful there is it just shows that visualization of, okay, well, what do we learn from that moment? And what are we going to go and do next? That's the, the tip here. And it's, it's such a, Welcome addition, mm. I think, to this concept of difficulty and embracing it and yeah. making it your own thing and owning it. That I, um I, I, I just, I just find Abby's Abby's direction really, really um, valuable here. This yeah. is great.
0: Why do you think in the in the non sporting world? Why do you think we hide from failure so much? Why do we feel so guilty and embarrassed about it?
1: I, I think there's there's a couple of different ways that I think about failure. And there's two prongs. One is your internal concept. And you know, maybe the word is ego or pride. And that's thinking, oh, I don't want to embrace or acknowledge the fact that I worked really hard and it just didn't work because Mm. it it makes you feel like a, a perhaps a failure. Perhaps you think, oh, my best wasn't even good enough. Well, Mm. I'm not going to consider that. You know, I know my best is good enough. And that's it. So there's this element, and pride is too loaded a word, I think. Maybe it's just your own interpretation, maybe your ego. The second piece in my mind is more external. How do I look to others? How do I appear to my boss? Do I want to acknowledge that I did Mm. something wrong? I'm going to Mm. own up to it. I don't want to be vulnerable. I don't want it to reflect badly on my earnings report or my uh, quarterly review. So this protection from both your own internal narrative and acceptance of yourself Mm. all the way through to how others accept you is where I think there exists this difficulty with accepting failure, accepting valleys of darkness and, and Mm. accepting difficulties. What do you think, Mike?
0: Oh man, you know, I, I, I'll tell you what really struck me about living in the U S when we talk about accepting failure is culturally what Americans are so damn good at is like, oh, so your startup failed or your business failed. Okay. What are you doing next? What's your next thing? Mm -hmm. And it's such a stark contrast to my time in um, England when I lived in London what was really interesting is I noticed, because I went from London to San Fran, is culturally the, the business environment in London was all about not making mistakes because of your status or how it might appear to others. And what struck me is I came to America and everyone's like, oh, yeah, my startup failed. Okay. So now I'm doing another one. And they're just so like okay with that, and no Brit would ever talk like that, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and so I think there is this um, this liberation that can come by just saying, "Hey, you know what? Perfection is impossible. There will be mistakes. So if you can, you know, accept failures as just a natural path to greatness." then all of a sudden you get over all of those terrible feelings of guilt and embarrassment and you can just be ready and present for asking yourself, what did I just learn, right? What, what, did, what would I never do again or what's my playbook? What are my rules? And uh, that's why it's so, so good that um, when we have leaders like Abby who are prepared to admit what they stuffed up, yeah. And how you re- re- realize that whether it's Jordan, Abby Wambach or any other great leader, m- what the, the pattern that we're seeing in the Moonshots podcast is how readily they'll say, well, I really stuffed that one up, mm-hmm. but here's what I learned and here's how I got over it. And they're okay with the, the rough edges in the journey of life. I think rule number one, make your, your failure your fuel so very good. But I don't think that's all Abby's got for us, Mark.
1: No, I mean, we've already <laughs> tried to divide up lesson number one. But remember, we've still got a number of great lessons coming from Abby today. So let's dig into the second one, Mike, because this one I think is really great. So the second lesson, the second big rule we're going to hear from Abby when she talks to us about leading our teams to gold is that the awareness, If you're not a leader, don't call yourself a leader on the field if you can't also simultaneously lead from the bench.
2: Rule number two, lead from the bench. Imagine this, you've scored more goals than any human being on the planet, (laughs) female or male. You've co-captained and led Team USA in almost every category for the past decade and you and your coach sit down and decide together that you won't be a starter in your last World Cup for Team USA. So that sucked. (laughs) You'll feel benched sometimes too. You'll be passed over for the promotion, taken off the project. You might even be finding yourself holding a baby instead of a briefcase, watching your colleagues get ahead. Here's what's important. You're allowed to be disappointed when it feels like life's benched you. What you aren't allowed to do is miss your opportunity to lead from the bench. During that last World Cup, my teammates told me that my presence, my support, my vocal and relentless belief in them from the bench is what gave them the confidence they needed to win us that championship. If you're not a leader on the bench, then don't call yourself a leader on the field. You're either a leader everywhere or nowhere. And by the way, the fiercest leading I've ever seen has been done between mother and child. Parenting is no bench. It just might be the big game. Wolfpack. Wherever you're put, lead from there.
0: Wow. Mm. Can, can you imagine the sort of the world's leading international goal scorer gets put on the bench for her last tournament? Oh, oh my God.
1: Oh. <laughs> it would be Ouch. hard, wouldn't it? Oh,
0: <laughs> oh my god. But it's so true because you know, you could easily imagine an athlete being just a little pretentious. You you you've ascended to the greatest heights and then you're on the bench and you could have a little hissy fit. You could be a little grumpy, a little "well, don't they know who I am?" Mm. But instead what is really fascinating is this idea of okay, uh, yeah, well, I'll run the water on the field, you know, I'll go in and get the kit ready before the game starts. Um, I'll support the starting 11 to make sure they're ready to go. What do they need? How can I help? And I think that, um, this selflessness, this giving of your self to the team actually powers the team when people know that even when players in the starting 11 on the field know that the, the players on the bench are doing everything they can to support, to motivate and inspire the starting 11, I reckon that is a huge uh, inspiration. There's a certain confidence knowing that even those on the bench are doing everything they can for this win. So I'll do everything to get the win. I think this idea of putting uh, the team first and not falling to the temptation of ego is of the highest, highest importance. And what a great reminder, um, particularly I think building on the work we did with Patrick Lencioni, I think this is a bit of a new take here uh, from Abby that we're getting specifically through her being an athlete that you must lead when you're overlooked. You must lead when you're on the bench. What did you think, Mike?
1: Yeah, for me, it's such a wonderful visualization. And again, I think it's quite easy to imagine when you listen to a sports Mm. person tell us this story. Perhaps it would be a little bit more difficult to imagine it in a boardroom. But the idea of being the captain and being benched, you you can visualize that frustration thinking, no, 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 I've got to be out on the field. I've got to be the one scoring the goals. I'm leading the team. Oh, I'm on the bench. Well, I'm going to have a, I'm just going to be grumpy then. I'm going to cross my arms and I'm not even going to mm. watch the game. You know, it would be so easy to fall into quite a passive aggressive scenario. But what's so, um, what retains in my mind after listening to abby just then is this idea of you can still be the voice you can cheer on your team like you like you said mike you can serve the water whatever is the role that you choose when you are off the pitch or uh maybe you're left behind in the office after all of your colleagues go and uh, go to the pitch <laughs> or the pitch being the business pitch it could be something that's still really intrinsically valuable that they couldn't do without. And it's that Mm. awareness of, you know, a being part of that team, but also b being able to lead from afar and Mm. still inspire those around you. Mm. It's, it's really, I think a little bit easier when you do hear it from, um, an individual in the sports field, because you can imagine it.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I would just say that this is somebody who's won Olympic gold twice, been the FIFA World Cup champion. She's been the player, the global world player of the year, (laughs) and she got put on the bench in her last tournament. (laughs) And I, I don't think many of us face a situation that humbling but if i translate it into common practice um you know i would say whatever your practice is whether it's at work with family friends on a sports team you know be happy to be part of it give of yourself for the greater good because what you can see here is we're already getting a sense that what abby is really starting to suggest to us and she's going to build on it in the second half of the show that it's through doing this that we truly do find ourselves. And unless we are prepared to be humble and put others before ourselves, ironically, if we are selfish and egotistical, which are very self-serving, we will never actually find ourselves. And I think this is the gift that we're going to come back to time and time again through studying the work of Abby Wambach, a most amazing athlete, and so very much more. But, hey, Mark, I think our audience must be thinking to ourselves, they're loving Abby. They want to know more about Abby. In fact, we talked about Patrick Lincioni and all the other wonderful people uh, that we have studied here on the Moonshot Show, 103 to be exact, My question for you, Mark, is if they would like to get a little bit more information, maybe get the show notes, uh, maybe find out what other goodies are in our back catalogue, where do they go for such information? Well,
1: they can all wander over to the playing field of www.moonshots.io. This is our repository and repertoire of all of the fantastic Uh, mantras that we've learned from some of our favorite innovators. You can listen to all 103 episodes once today's comes out. You can find information on our blog, lots of written articles there. And you can also sign up to receive our weekly newsletter to know when the next episode has come out. So moonshots.io.
0: And because this uh, wolf pack of moonshotters that are listening to our show would like to contribute, I'm sure. I think there's one thing they can do on the website where they can actually be part of the show. Mike, what what could they do when they go to moonshots.io that would inform what happens next on the show? This is a brand new feature that we've added to
1: moonshots.io, which you can navigate to in the top of the website when you land, and it's called Feedback. And we love hearing from our listeners, Mike. We love hearing what you guys... You're all at home, what you're listening to, which episodes are your favourites? who's inspired you the most, maybe even what lessons you're following through in each of your days. But we also love hearing your recommendations. Who would you Mm. like us to go and learn from? Who would you like us to learn out loud with? So please navigate to www.moonshots.io, pop over to our new audience feedback section and get in touch leave us your thoughts and we'll be su- sure to add your recommendations to our pretty uh, eclectic and growing list of innovators Mike <laughs>
0: <laughs> it, it is and isn't it fascinating to see that whether we take you know real academic types uh, like a Clay Christensen or Jim Collins or whether we take you know rebels like uh, Richard Branson or athletes like Abby the default set of rules to be the best version of yourself. It's becoming more and more apparent that it doesn't matter what you do. It's all in the how you do it. And we've got a feast of clips yet to come. Um, and perhaps the biggest idea of all from Abby. But let's start now in the second half of the show. Let's dig in to this idea of you're not always going to be the star star. You're not always going to be the champion, but you can champion others.
2: Rule number three, champion each other. During every 90-minute soccer match, there are a few magical moments when the ball actually hits the back of the net and a goal is scored. When this happens, it means that everything has come together perfectly. The perfect pass, the perfectly timed run, every player in the right place at exactly the right time. All of this culminating in a moment in which one player scores the goal. What happens next on the field is what transforms a bunch of individual women into a team. Teammates from all over the field rush towards the goal scorer. It appears that we're celebrating her, but what we're really celebrating is every player, every coach, every practice, every sprint, every doubt, and even every failure that this one single goal represents. You will not always be the goal scorer. And when you're not, you better be rushing towards her. Women must champion each other. Yes. This can be difficult for us. Women have been pitted against each other since the beginning of time for that one seat at the table. Scarcity has been planted inside of us and among us. This scarcity is not our fault, but it is our problem. And it is within our power to create abundance for women where scarcity used to live. As you go out into the world, amplify each other's voices, demand seats for women, people of color, and all marginalized people at every table where decisions are made. Call out each other's wins, and just like we do on the field, claim the success of one woman as a collective success for all women.
1: Pull out each other's wins, Mm. you know, again, it's, it's a great, Abby's pulling out some great points here and it's lessons that we can take into our, our family structures, our, our sports field analogies, as well as when we're in the boardroom, because I think this concept of teamwork, um, really relies on one another supporting each other, putting in the practice, perhaps but also celebrating those wins. So again, similar to that previous clip we heard of leading from the bench. This is another great example how everyone on the team has an impact on one another, whether it's mm. running towards the pitch, the goal line when you've scored, or maybe it's just something a little bit more subtle. Maybe it's, you know, oh somebody's just had a great call from a client. Hey, great news. That's that's fantastic. Mm. I think there are so many different ways of interpreting this celebration of each other's wins that it's just a great another reminder of of nurturing those around you oh yeah and building oh, up that team
0: yeah. yeah like for me i think if we go to our dark sides sometimes when our colleagues are successful we're tempted to think selfish thoughts mm. but what actually Should what Abby is challenging us to do is always celebrate and champion each other because it's not just the individual. You are championing and celebrating the collective effort. Nobody does things in isolation. So, whether it's one individual or one of the teams in your business, celebrate it, just embrace it, put them and their success, put the mission before yourself. And that's actually where Abby and Patrick Lencioni totally connect on this idea of putting the team's objectives in front of your own personal needs. And it it truly is satisfying. And this again, this idea of fuel comes back. This is the fuel because there'll be times where you get a little inspiration, nudge, and encouragement that you really need. So don't be selfish about giving it up for others. And I think it's such uh, such wise advice that you know, when in doubt, champion the other. Uh, just put them before yourself. And um, what's really nice is to hear somebody who's achieved so much on the soccer field, and just to remind you, far exceeded some other incredibly, incredibly big superstars on the soccer pitch. She she scored way more goals than they did. Um, yet here she is saying, hey, I was on the bench for my last tournament, always champion each other. And I think what we can see is that her success came from the fact that she put first the success of the team, right? Yeah,
1: that's exactly it. She always knew the priorities were to work as a team. You know, going back to that earlier clip about legacy, it's all around, not necessarily all, all for her, but everything that she's inspiring around her, the movement that she's creating with the players as well as the younger generation. And mm. championing each other comes off the pitch into the boardrooms, into our lives, onto the streets. And, you know, I think it is just a really great uh, moonshot example of thinking about these challenges in the world and reappropriating them into okay well I'm not going to let it stop my behavior but I'm going to go out and make a difference
0: yes and you know we've got a bit of a bit of a formula right now leading from the bench championing each other embracing failure but her fourth and final rule brings things squarely back on one self. And when the moment comes, Abby has some very powerful and challenging advice. When the moment is of the reckoning, you must only do one thing, demand the ball.
2: Fourth rule, demand the ball. When I was a teenager, I was lucky enough to play with one of my heroes, Michelle Akers. That's right. (laughs) She needed a place to train since there was not yet a women's professional league. Michelle was tall like I am, built like I'd be built, and the most courageous soccer player I'd ever seen play. She personified every one of my dreams. We were playing a small-sided scrimmage, five against five. We were 18 years old, and she was, well, Michelle Akers, chiseled, 30-pound, 30 30-year-old 30 powerhouse. For the first three quarters of the game, she was taking it easy on us, coaching us, teaching us about spacing, timing, and the tactics of the game. But by the fourth quarter, she realized that because of all this coaching, her team was losing by three goals. In that moment, a light switched on inside of her. She ran back to the goalkeeper, stood one yard away from her and screamed, Give me the effing ball! And the goalkeeper gave her the effing ball. And she took the ball, and she dribbled through her entire effing team, and she scored. Now, this game was winner's keepers, so if you scored, you got the ball back. So as soon as Michelle scored, she ran back to her goalie, stood a yard away from her, and screamed, Give me the ball! Keeper did. And again, she dribbled through us and scored, and then she did it again. She took her team to victory. Michelle Akers knew what her team needed from her at every moment of the game. And Don't forget, until the fourth quarter, leadership had required Michelle to help support and teach. But eventually, leadership called her to demand the ball. Wolfpack. At this moment in history, leadership is calling us to say, give me the effing ball.
1: <laughs> That's great, isn't it? That's great. Give me the effing ball. I mean, it's, it reminds me actually of Patrick Lencioni telling us about worth, worth work ethics, excuse me, and being hungry. Mm. Hungry and going out there to go beyond your job, or at least as Abby's calling out here, be aware of what your team needs and adapt your your style to support them and drive them to succeed. Mm. Help those around you. I
0: think I think she's challenging us to do that, but I think she's challenging us to do more, which is to borrow from Brene Brown. She's saying step into the arena. When your team needs you, you've got to stand and be counted.
1: Stand, be counted, be in that arena. Otherwise, you don't have the chance or the right to comment, to give feedback, to complain if it didn't work, unless you've been in there trying your hardest.
0: But if you're the one that has the thing that could make a difference to the competition, to the game, to the effort, to the project. You need to demand the ball. You need to step up. And let's be honest, what we see at work is times where people, where you're like, hey, like, don't you know how to do this? Or, hey, where's so-and-so we could really do with that help right now, Mm -hmm. right? Yep. So why do you think people don't demand the ball, as Abby would say? Well, you know, I'm... I'm It's probably
1: sounding a little bit like a broken record, but maybe it's going back to my two comments from earlier. You know, when you don't want to accept criticism or difficulties, there's an internal monologue as well as an external one. So the internal one in in that scenario, or sorry, in this scenario, would be I'm not going to ask for the ball because I don't want to get in trouble. You know, (laughs) I don't want Mm. to say, hey, everyone, I think I can help and therefore be exposed to more workload or mm. a harder deadline, or maybe even the chance that it doesn't go well, and yes. suddenly I'm attached to that failure.
0: Yeah. And I'm like, and then you can imagine that the 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 conversation head is: I don't want to step in because hey, this is a mess, mm-hmm. and then it'll all be my fault if it doesn't work out. But if it's your calling, if it's your thing and your Naturally talented is if this is where your effort should be, then you must demand the ball.
1: You must demand it. You must enter it because that's for the good of the team. Right. You can, if you know how to make that difference and you think your help can be welcomed and valuable, you owe it as a right Mm. to those around Mm. you to go and give it a go. So
0: how, when there's a moment in work say and it's time for us to step up what what do we what do you think we should say to ourselves mark what should we remind ourselves of to go in and demand the effing ball
1: <laughs> i think it's i think when you perhaps are noticing things floundering a little bit maybe there's feedback that you've given that isn't being accepted or, or used perhaps. Maybe there's a, a moment in our um, careers or moments of feedback with team members when you can see, ah, it's not quite working. Okay, well, let me lead by example. Let me step in and show you guys. Here's something. Maybe it's a, uh, a bit of design, or maybe it's a, 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 a questionnaire that you're taking to a customer. Maybe it's stepping in and saying, okay, guys, look, it's, it's, let's ha- have a pause. Don't worry. Time out. Here's an example of what it could look like. Let Now tell it back to me. Does this make mm. sense to you? Do you guys see why this might be better than what we were doing
0: beforehand? But go, go even earlier though, like, cause, cause you're guiding us into what to do, but, what happens if we're not sure if we want to demand the ball? What do we tell oh. ourselves then?
1: Oh, I see. Yeah, it's, it's the emotional. You're part. sitting I'm, on I'm, the
0: bench yeah. and you're, you're on your phone checking, checking the latest
1: news. <laughs> I, I, think it's, I think you've got to, as Patrick would say, and as Abby says here, you've got to accept that vulnerability and know I can make a difference. Mm-hmm. I know I can do it. And you've got to be willing to go out and give that a go and be exposed and be comfortable with knowing that, okay, well, no matter what happens, it's going to be a valuable experience for me.
0: Yeah, and I'm, I'm going to give you a great stoic question that can unlock when we're sitting there wondering if we should demand the ball and it's the question that if you really accept it's very powerful, which is what is the worst that can happen. Mm. And if you truly entertain and become comfortable that in fact there may be failure or maybe not, but if you can truly accept that, that will be the thing that once you have actually attacked the gray, attacked your fear, once you've truly done that, then this strangely enough, will help you overcome your fear of failure because you've named it, you've called it, and you are still really accepting that, yes, this might not work out, but I go forward regardless. This is this power that she talks about in making failure your fuel. And when you're sitting there and thinking I should really jump in and demand the ball, just say, hey, what's the worst can happen here and accept that it that may be positive or negative but that you go forward regardless this is this is really the big unlock don't be paralyzed with imagining all the terrible things and all your reputational damage get over it just accept that that might be a possibility name the enemy and just move on and do it demand the ball give everything you've got because when we do that And we champion ourselves and champion the team, that's where you discover on the other side of all of that is your true self. And that is stepping into the arena, as Brene Brown would say.
1: I mean, it all connects together, doesn't it? It all connects together. And I mean, Mike, just just before we move on, I just want to pick into the naming the enemy. Mm. It reminds me again of, of Abby's first rule make failure your fuel by visualizing, um, maybe a lost game. Maybe it's a photo on the wall by naming that enemy, that discomfort, you're making it real. And therefore Mm. it's, it's actionable when, unless you name something, unless you think about it, it just exists as a, an emotion, right? It's an anxiety or a pain. Once you know, once you've named the illness, suddenly you can go
0: ahead and Start taking the cure. That's right, and then you take on a far, a bigger picture, a broader view. You can set upon your journey because you've learnt this body language, this default behaviour of when the time is right to demand the ball. And I think this brings us to one of our last clips on Abby, which is really about thinking beyond the here and now, but taking um, taking the hard road, right? Um, and she's got some great advice on how we can play the long game.
2: I would say courage is kind of like that quick thing that you can like have immediately. Kindness is a way of being, and then wisdom is like the long game. Being wise about the decisions that you make today that you can understand in your head and in your heart that it will affect your life in five, 10, 15 years. If somebody's trying to sell you a fast track to success, be cautious. Walk up to people with curiosity instead of judgment. Wisdom has everything to do With who you want to become. And the way to become the person that you're meant to be is by making the decisions day in and day out. Feels a little bit boring, but those wise people have the best, happiest, most joyful lives because they make those hard decisions day in and day out.
1: The long term decision making. It reminds me of that great quote, Mike, do something today that your future self will thank you for, (laughs) which, which I, which I think is totally, totally right here, which is what Abby's saying, you know, that wisdom to know, okay, well, maybe it sounds a little bit boring. Maybe it's not what you want to do right now, but in the long-term having this wisdom, what you and I have referred to in the past, this long-term vision, Yeah, you know, avoid those short-term Um, reactions and consider that long-term vision and the long-term behavior.
0: Don't cut corners, right? That's what she's saying. Like take the harder road because you'll be thankful for it in the long-term.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think that's great.
0: Well, we've got one last thought. Um, and, uh, Uh, It was a bit naughty of us, Mark, but it's the most important thing that Abby has ever learned and we've held it back. (laughs) (laughs) What evil producers of this show are we? Um, But um, I want you all to keep in mind now as we listen to this last clip uh, from Abby Wambach, uh, I really want you to uh, think about how selflessness about how humility, about putting others first, and being part of the wolf pack, being part of the team, can really help you discover what you're all about. So for the last time on this show, let's have a listen to Abby Womback.
2: Be careful what you wish for, Barnard. They forgot me. But that's okay. Being forgotten in my retirement didn't scare me. What scared me was losing the identity the game gave me. I defined myself as Abby Wambach, soccer player, the one who showed up and gave 100% to my team and fought along my wolf pack to make a better future for the next generation. Without soccer, who would I be? A few months after retirement, I began creating my new life. I met Glennon and our three children, and I became a wife, a mother, a business owner, and an activist. And you know who I am now? I'm still the same Abby. I still show up and give 100% now to my new pack, and I still fight every day to make a better future for the next generation. You see, soccer didn't make me who I was. I brought who I was to soccer. And I get to bring who I am wherever I go. And guess what, so do you. As you leave here today and every day going forward, don't just ask yourself, what do I want to do? Ask yourself, who do I want to be? Because the most important thing I've learned is that what you do will never define you. Who you are always will.
1: Bring who you are to everything you do. What a, what a wonderful way to encapsulate and bring us all a background, Mike. We've heard all about these tips and these rules for working and leading our teams to gold, about failure being our fuel, leading from the bench, championing each other and demanding the ball and, and taking that ownership. And this is just a great reminder from Abby that, look, no matter what happens with the team, You are who you are. You have a personal effect and effect when you work on that team. You can bring whatever it is that you want to bring to the game because ultimately you're unique. You've got your own personality and your own skills. And rather than thinking, oh, I'm only defined by the successes, the gold medals, the wins in the boardroom, instead it's um, I can go into it knowing that maybe some things aren't going to work But at the end of the day, it's all about making that team as strong as it can be with the skills that I possess. And I just want to go in there. I want to be emotionally smart. I want to consider those around me. I want to help out where I can. And I think no matter what happens, that legacy I leave behind, even if you do forget me, I'm still going to have that hopefully lasting effect on the team and driving that product or that goal further down the line.
0: Mm, well said. Well said. Wow. I mean, such a such a great uh companion to the two shows from Patrick. I think Abby's really really brought quite a challenging uh like a lot of the athletes, almost confronting, slightly uncomfortable point <laughs> of view, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, it is. It's a little bit of a
1: challenge. It's a reminder to us that, you know, you're you're responsible.
0: Totally. Totally. So, you know, it sounded to me, I'm going to try just for this show, I'm going to try and guess that the thought that really got you, uh, that really kind of triggered you uh, to think was the one of leading from the bench. I think that one really hit home for you, didn't
1: yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. I totally, you're you're right. You've picked up on that. I like the leading from the bench bit. It's, it's yeah. leading from behind the curtains. No matter where you are, you can still, everybody can have an effect on inspiring those around us. Even if you're mm. not the
0: captain, perhaps, you can yeah. still lead the team. Yeah, that's great, man. That's really what, great. What, what about you? Which one caught you? Ooh, um, I must say I, I, liked, uh, I liked that one. Probably making failure your fuel is is the one that, that really spoke uh, to me, you know, the embracing hardship thing maybe that's my 2020 theme. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like that one too. That's yeah, that, I'm sure everyone can write. Like. Well, Mark, listen, I want to say a big thanks to you and I hope to see you leading from the bench like crazy. Cause I'm going to try that too. Does that sound good? I love that. I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> well done. Well done. All right. Well, Mark, thank you to you and thank you to you, our audience. Thank you for joining us on this journey into Abby Wambach uh, and her collective idea of the pack. It's been a real joy to learn out loud together, to be inspired by these innovators and ask ourselves the question, how might we do it too? And so the question that we were proposed today by Abby is a big one. It is, who do I want to be? Who do you want to be? And what she has taught us is that your path lays in putting the wolf pack first. And we do that by making failure our fuel, leading from the bench, championing each other, and when the moment comes, demand the ball. Because what we learned today is soccer didn't make Abby. She brought Abby to soccer. So I want all of you to go out in the world and bring who you are to wherever you're going so you can be the very best version of yourself. That's it from the Moonshots podcast. That's a wrap.